What's up? We are coming to you live from a uh, during a tornado warning, apparently. So you might hear the sirens going off at any point. That's how committed we are to you, the listener. Um, David here got got Will back in the SNJ studios today. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I have my coffee in hand, and we're ready to ready to talk. And we're. I really hope that you're listening to this podcast through the app instead of like this is being released because it's the last things that we ever mm-hmm. said because we get hit with a tornado. <laughs> We're going on the record here saying yeah. that we love you. These might be our last our last words. Yep. To all all of our family members and um, also we never got to become great friends, Peyton Manning, but I knew we we would have been <laughs> and. I love you. Isn't Thank you. Isn't he in a band? Yeah. <laughs> um, Him and Brad Paisley, I think. Yeah. yeah. Actually, just got a text from an old friend who apparently is at a conference with Peyton Manning right now. Jealous. He's yeah. a funny dude. He's a great person. Mm-hmm. Except for the whole yeah. scandal thing that came out what? recently. Really? Is there yeah. a scandal? No. Uh. Nope. He's perfect. Um, so, <laughs> uh, Zion Williamson. So those of you that listen to this podcast regularly or have over the years, you know, I'm a Duke fan. And also this podcast was the first, if not the first, at least like in one of the first hundred of podcasts to talk about how great Zion Williamson was Who's two that? years ago <laughs> when we talked about who would be the next LeBron James and um, I know many of you probably YouTube Zion Williamson because of this podcast, and you're welcome. So the legend of Zion Williamson has been enhanced. Exploding. Yes. <laughs> like his shoe. Uh, yes. So if you didn't see Duke, North Carolina, Wednesday night, I think it was Wednesday night. I mean, hype, probably the most hyped regular season college basketball game I can ever remember. I heard the tickets were. You were telling me earlier earlier that the tickets were out of the roof. Yes. So this was actually the the average ticket price for this game made this the second most expensive sporting event this year behind the Super Bowl. It was like five times more expensive to get a ticket to this game than it was to go watch Alabama play Clemson in the football national championship. That's crazy. Yes, like $2,500 for a ticket. Um, Will and his wife and me and my wife and daughter actually a few weeks ago went to a Memphis Grizzlies game. And uh, how much were those tickets? Oh, they were $6. $6, so, yeah. yes. So Yeah, we, we, pay, we paid more for the uh, like the, the food and stuff yes. <laughs> than we did the tickets. <laughs> we literally could have bought, let's see here, um, he, David has a. He's looking. He's doing math on the. Uh, Wait, no, I gotta remember how to do math. <laughs> he's doing math on the computer the calendar vine, as uh, we we're we are recording yes. this. He goes. We could have bought four hundred and sixteen point six 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 repeating 
seats to the Memphis Grizzlies game for the amount of money that it costs to get one seat at the Duke North Carolina game. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. And guess how long we technically saw more basketball game, like more basketball than they did because the games are longer. Yeah. Except we left early. And let's be honest, that game pretty much was over in the first twenty seconds when Zion Williamson's shoe exploded. Like the guy is so much of a legend, so crazy that even when he gets hurt, he gets hurt in a way that no other human being could possibly get hurt that way. Like it's just yeah. Well, he it was. I didn't actually watch it when it happened, but I was on Twitter, I guess, when it happened. And from what it looked like, it looked like that he had like a season-ending injury. <laughs> looked like, like his ankle was like people, broken. People were yeah. freaking out about it, and uh, yeah, his shoe just. I, I think he did. He did get hurt though, didn't he? Yeah, like, he sprained like, his knee. Yeah, but the way it looked like though, it was that he. He was never going to play basketball again, which uh, I'm glad is not the case because he's awesome. Yeah. So, as a Duke fan, I'm I'm boycotting Nike from that day forward. <laughs> is you have a conspiracy then, yeah. like <laughs> Nike? Because you got to think. All right, who is Nike's biggest face in that? Uh, Tiger Woods. Okay. No. <laughs> think basketball. Okay. Like, uh, who who put Nike on the map? His name rhymes with Michael Orden. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Uh, all right. Oh, I was I was about to go the route of he has his own brand now, and yeah, that's what. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Where did Michael Jordan go to college? Yeah, North Carolina. And who was Duke playing that night? North Carolina. Exactly. I rest my case. Michael. He. Uh, it's Michael Jordan's fault. Are, are you suggesting that he paid him off? No, I'm suggesting that Michael Jordan took scissors to Zion Williamson, that, that he dressed up as a janitor, snuck in the Duke locker room, took scissors to Zion Williamson's shoe so that it would explode, hoping hoping that Zion Williamson would not play for the rest of the season. That, that's what I think happened. <laughs> so here's the real question. All right, Will. If you are Zion Williamson, if you are the, right now, you're the obvious number one pick in the draft, Mm -hmm. which the number one pick in the draft gets, I think, like at least five or ten million dollars more than the number two and three pick. All right? So, but you've got your best friends Mm -hmm. are here on this team with you. I'll need my friends. (laughs) Do you... You've already had, you know, a scare, a scare of, you know, that could have been a lot worse than it was, sure. obviously. Um, do you, if you never, if you don't play another second of basketball for Duke, you're going to be the number one pick in the draft. Do you sit out for the rest of the year, or do you try to win a national championship in the one year that you're there? Uh, well, I'm, I've never been in his. No pun intended. Shoes, <laughs> but um, uh, and I've never even thought seriously about what it would be like to have a million dollars, because uh, like one million dollars would be awesome to me. Yeah. But um, yeah, I would I would have to just sit out. Honestly, I mean, <laughs> it sounds terrible. And on top of that, you you know, you've, 
um, being a first-round draft pick in the NBA is like something that he probably has dreamed about for ever. So I don't know. I I bet you I bet you he he sits out, but but then again he I don't know. See, it just depends. I don't know the guy. If he's if he's a loyal dude, then he'll probably try to play with with his teammates. But if it's if it's just strictly business. Shoot, I'm sitting now. <laughs> <laughs> well, all indications are, and again, this is coming from a biased Duke fan, that he he seems to be very loyal, and I I fully expect him yeah, to he, play the rest of the season and try to get get a national championship. Uh, um, I forgot what I was going to say. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Okay, this is it. This is my point. Do you think that by him not playing anymore the rest of the season after his injury will affect his draft stock, or do you think do you think his draft like the people? I I think the only thing that could affect his draft stock would be if he got injured worse. Okay. Like if he were to go so you, back out there and then tear an ACL or have a bad leg break or something like that, okay. I think that that would be the only thing. I think you're drafting Zion Williamson number one unless something happens between now and then to give you either really big like health concerns or he was to do something like off the court that was just Dumb. awful. Yeah. Like there's a video of him doing something awful to somebody or something. Which like Johnny also. <laughs> yeah, or Ray Rice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah. Which which we was no no one's on. I don't know Zion. From what everything I've seen about Zion, that's not going to happen. The off the off the court stuff. So it would have to be, yeah. yeah. But it, but you could see it happen a guy that just plays that hard, and that fast, and that big, and jumps that high, like you could see him coming down wrong or or something like that with that much weight on those legs every time he lands too. They, they, I was gonna go the whole route of they might decrease his minutes on the floor, but then again, when that no. when that happened, I mean, it happened within the first yeah yeah like minute or two or you know the game, so you never can tell. Yeah, I think because of his probably respect for Coach K, plus his like, I mean, R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish and Trey Jones, his teammates, are like his best friends, mm-hmm. and this would be like he's pretty much saying. Hey, I'm never gonna play on the same team as you guys yeah. ever again. Yeah, I can't imagine any person that's on a team would actually be that well told about it though. I'm pretty sure that's what uh oh, I mean there are adults. my goodness. I can't think of his name. Kyrie Irving. I'm pretty sure that's what he did when he played uh, he played like ten games, got injured and then like pretty much shut it down. Yeah, yeah. Also, I mean, a number one pick in the draft. I could, I couldn't do it. I mean, I would, I would definitely come back if I could. Yeah, I mean, when you only get one year, I'm a five, at five dude. Seven yeah. white dude. So, the chances of that happening ever is uh, very slim. Turns out, I have a bigger foot than Zion Williamson. So, well. he wears a size fifteen, and I wear a size sixteen. So, yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty much like. Zion Williams. You're pretty much Zion Williams. Yeah, I'm pretty much. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so not a lot going on these days in the world of sports. Pretty much, it's just basketball. Like that's that's all we got. Have Unless you ever discuss tennis on here. N- no, never. That's not a sport. No. Okay. No, never. 
No, we we only discuss team team sports here. We're gonna. This could be a rabbit hole. So I'm not gonna go there. Tiger Woods is maybe back. Maybe, but we'll see. Time will tell. All right, we'll shut that. He's he's gonna win like five tournaments in a row before he's back. (laughs) Okay, so that that's the same that's the same logic that people apply to the Texas Longhorns. Yeah. People are like they're back and then they're not. Vince Young has to be the Texas Longhorns quarterback again before they're back. They're projected to possibly get in the playoffs next year. Uh, I believe it when I see it. Not only do we have college basketball going on right now, but we also have professional basketball. Yeah. Did you get a chance to see the uh, the dunk competition last week? Last weekend. I didn't see it live. I've I've seen uh, very few like highlights of it. Yeah. So it was. Uh, I like, saw the the dunk over Shaq. Okay. <laughs> if this is the, the dunk competition is best watched after the dunk competition <laughs> when the when you're not wasting time. Yeah, when the hour and a half long show is dwindled down to a YouTube highlight video that lasts about eight minutes that just shows the actual dunks and not the misses and not the like the build up. That's that's exciting to watch. <laughs> you can like watch you can literally like watch it as you're like microwaving your food and then it's done. Yeah. Yeah. And time that, to eat. That's exciting to watch the dunk competition that way. Watching the actual dunk competition seems to have just like lost the luster that it had for so many years back when. I mean, I remember as a child like watching Vince Carter's incredible dunks the year that he won. Like that, I remember watching that. Like, and it was just, I remember being so excited at seeing him doing those, do those dunks. Does LeBron? participating no and, and that's that's Why? one one reason it's not as exciting is because they don't have none of the stars Why? participate i i guess they don't want to get hurt i don't know it's usually you... it's usually okay. like up and coming stars pretty much like guys that have the potential to be yeah like never mind great. like back in the day when vince carter michael jordan did it yeah kobe bryant did it mm-hmm. which which kobe and vince did it when they were younger also um, uh, they they didn't do it as much when they got older. It's kind of like but, with with me with baseball, like home run. It's like if you're watching the home run derby. You missed the steroid era. The what? The steroid era. Oh no, I didn't miss it. That was still actually that made it better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you miss it now. You wish it. Oh yeah. Oh, I miss it. Yeah. Yo, yes. I thought you meant like I missed it. I was I was asleep during the steroid era. Man, I used to love watching uh, steroid Barry Bonds hit it over the. Uh, into the river behind the giant stadium. Yeah, in that San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, I don't recommend doing steroids, but man, that was fun. <laughs> My question is, how did we like? How were that we that naive? Like, how was it not obvious oh, that Barry Bonds <laughs> and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, like Barry Bonds, came into the league as like a base? Have you seen him now? Like, he's yeah. like a stick. Yeah. Like in Mark McGuire too. I mean, Mark McGuire was always big, but like, just remember he like, like Stone Cold how, Steve Austin. How huge his forearms were! Like, like he was how, awesome. How did we not know those guys were doing doing steroids? I remember being legitimately heartbroken when uh uh Sammy Sosa like when his court bat thing happened. Oh man, I was I like, that. what? No. Those were the the glory days and the horrible days. 
of baseball. Okay, but now it, 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 this is just my opinion. Someone that's listening to the, listening to this will probably want to throw something at me, but uh, Major League Baseball is boring now. I just don't like watching it. I agree with that. Cause I can't tell you one person that plays. Besides the, uh, yeah, I can't even remember his name. The guy that plays for the Nationals. Bryce Harper. Yeah, yeah, that's like the only guy I recognize. Well, he did he just sign with somebody? I don't know. That's how much I keep up with baseball. I know he was looking for. I know he was a free agent. Um, I don't remember. Yeah, I know Manny Machado signed with the Padres for three hundred million dollars. How do baseball teams have that much money? I don't know, but I wish I did. Because nobody like no nobody watch. I mean. I, I completely agree with you. Like baseball now has become like every every batter is going to either they're swinging as hard as they can to either hit a home run or they're going to strike out. We should just go back to steroids. Yes, yes. Like, come on. Okay, if you are a young baseball player out there, we really okay. No, I'm not going. I'm not going to encourage people to take steroids. <laughs> we're kidding. Full disclosure, we're kidding. Well, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm with you there on baseball. But, yeah, but that, that's a good comparison to, like, the dunk competition. I actually think the probably the three-point competition is more exciting now because you have guys like Steph Curry and, and mm-hmm. Dirk and Kyle Lowry in the past and, like, legitimate, like, stars. And, I don't know, it's just the... Three-point competition just seems better. I don't know. Maybe they'll get that fixed. Maybe they should have... They need to come up with new competitions. Like, I don't know what kind of... Like, they need to, like... Like card games. They need to have, like, a... They need to have, like, a... Fly, card game. <laughs> they need to play like chess. A, like a ice skating. Like, like, oh, hockey. Okay. NBA stars play each other in hockey. That's what they need to do. but um, So, in the NBA, we know the Warriors are kind of dominating right now and have the last few years. But KD, from my understanding, will be a free agent during this offseason. People are talking about him leaving, which I think would, in effect... Um, ruin this Warriors dynasty. So if that were to happen and, and there's rumors also that Clay Thompson might might be gone. He might end up with the Lakers. I just wonder like what team okay, I mean you got like what teams are gonna be next? I mean I, I think the East is kind of setting its up itself up to really kind of take over at that point with both the Celtics who are young and the seventy sixers. I think are both two young, up and coming teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to see the Celtics and Lakers get back into a yeah into a championship. I think the thing. the the Lakers are going to have to make some moves in order for that. Like they're going to have to get Anthony Davis. They're going to the, get there. Maybe if, not with him. If but. the if the Lakers get Anthony Davis during this off season, and then maybe they could get like a Clay Thompson. Are they still trying to negotiate with? They will Clay? this off season. Oh, with Clay, I don't know. Oh no, that's, no, that's yeah, I meant with, with Anthony Davis. Yeah, with Anthony Davis. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. Yeah, they have to negotiate with the Pelicans. 
But the thing with, you know, the Pelicans kind of decide, But Anthony Davis only has one year left on his contract anyways. So, and everybody says he wants to be in L.A. So, if he goes somewhere else, he might just play their year and then end up at L.A. anyways. But by then, LeBron's going to be like at least 50 in two years, right? We, hey, we almost saw Anthony Davis, except he didn't play because he was hurt. Yeah, he didn't even show up. Oh, he wasn't even there? No, that jerk. <laughs> we saw Kevin Garnett, though. Yeah, we did. And uh, Chris Bosh. Yeah. Happened yeah. to be there, yeah. Yeah. At so, the Grizzlies game that we were talking about. Yeah, where we paid $6 and not 2500 But, yeah, so next time we'll uh, maybe talk some more baseball. Just kidding. Nope. Nothing. Maybe ever, some soccer. Nothing's ever nope. exciting about baseball. Just kidding. I'm, I don't like soccer anymore after Juventus got whooped Wednesday. Wednesday was a really bad sports day for me. It was awful with Juventus getting destroyed by Atletico and then Zion blowing up his shoe and Duke losing to their most bitterest rivals. It was awful. But anyway, so we will catch you guys next time. Catch you on the flippity flip. Catch you on the flip. Flippity. Is it flippity flip or flippity flop? flop. flop. Uh, If you've seen The Office, it's flippity flip. Flopping it. Yeah. Everything about God to me is mind blowing. I'm on that theology to keep my mind going. Shade tree theologian, I ain't wear suits. Sporting tattoos while I'm cruising through the institutes. John Calvin, that's moving. You might even catch me reading Wayne Grudem. Sound doctrine, that's what it's gotta be. Like that white cleft dictionary of theology. But nothing trumps the word, call it the Holy Bible. It is essential and necessary for our survival. Does not have a rival. Moving is not idle. If you preach it, then you liable to have revival. And that's what we need in our local churches. It's either dry as a bone or something like a circus. But it has been purchased so we can commandeer it. Lord Jesus, revive us with your Holy Spirit. Welcome back. We've uh, we've got a interesting, highly, I guess, debated topic today this is probably the not probably this is definitely the most controversial topic we've covered at uh up to this point and and today we want to um this david again along with with will hello we want to discuss the sanctity of human life so might not be i mean we'll probably laugh at some point but uh We'll get the laughing over with now. I put a Charles Spurgeon bobblehead doll right in front of the microphone. Yeah, so it's for like inspiration. He's, he's talking also is what it looks like. Okay, back to serious stuff. Yeah, okay, real serious. All right, serious face. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. so sanctity of human life. And, and I want to start off with saying this is not, we're not trying to make a political statement here or, you know, show what, what kind what party we align with because it's for me and I would say there are probably some things that, that Will and I don't agree on and and there's some things from every side probably that I would align with on different issues but this is probably not probably this is definitely the most important issue facing us as Christians and facing us as Americans and even facing us just as as humans today is is the sanctity of human life so we want to not not make a political statement but a 
biblical statement. Like, why, why do we we don't we believe the way we believe because it lines up with Scripture? Because it's the things the things that God is for are the things that we want to be for, and we firmly believe that the Bible teaches that God is about life. So. <laughs> Yeah, so God's about life, so we should be about life. You can probably hear my old-fashioned paper Bible uh, pages turning because it's right next to the microphone, but because of some technical difficulties, we're having to share a microphone so we don't have a lot of room, but it's all good. Mm -hmm. So, the first reason we believe and the sanctity of human life. We believe that human life is, is sacred is because humans, us, we, unless you're an animal listening to this podcast, which is impressive. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, humans are made in the image of God. It's what we call the, the Imago Dei. That from, we believe from conception, humans... Mankind is made in the image of God. We see this in Genesis chapter 1. should be really easy for all you Bible drillers out there to find. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock and over all the earth and over... Every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. We also see some uh, some cool Trinitarian language there in those verses, but that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a subject for, <laughs> for another time. It's just cool how let us create man in our image. And then, so God created man in his own image. So we see he there. It's just kind of, it's kind of cool. So, man is created in the image of God. That's very clear right there. So, that's man is created differently than the rest of creation. We are different than animals. Like, we're, we are, and that's God's image. That's what's different about us. He gave us the ability to ration and to... Um... I thought you were going to say he gave us the ability to rap. Well, some people. Lecrae. (laughs) Not me. He did not give me that ability. We're different from animals because we can rap. (laughs) (laughs) So, God created man in his image, Imago Dei. So that's, that's the first, I mean, that's kind of the big, right there, why it's wrong to, is wrong and sinful to destroy God's image. Like that's God created, so that's God's God's domain. God, like that's not just something that we. Well, our our morality is is wrapped up in the fact that we are created in God's image. If uh, we're held to uh, a unique set of standards because we are made in God's image, um, that, that's what differentiate differentiates uh, us from you know, dogs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. or animals, you know. Yeah. 
Um, you'd be looking up that Psalm 24 mm-hmm. verse there. But, um, so, might want to use your, your phone since that's a, oh, yeah. not the right translation. That's, that's not the ESV like we, yeah. we use. You can't be cool unless you... Yeah. <laughs> so, man is made in the image of God, and God is the creator, and God... So God owns life. God is the owner of life. God is the giver and taker of life. That's not our domain on on any level. And we also see within this image, um, which you want to read that Psalm twenty four verse one. Yeah, the earth is the sorry. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and those who dwell therein. Yeah. So God owns everything in the earth. God is God is the owner. Um, we also see within that that concept of the image of God and that truth that God is He's not just about life, but He is about um, specifically in Scripture. God is about life that is in need and lives that are in need and people that are in need. God is about the um, those that can't defend themselves. He's that's something God God is about. We see that, for example, in the story of Hagar and Ishmael, that very needy. I mean, they they have nothing. They're, everything's taken away from them. her husband and his father is is gone. Pretty much all they have is some food and some water, and their future is pretty much just until that water runs out. And it's a really kind of um, it's a really gutting story when you think about especially you know being a parent that that Hagar's there and she pretty much walks away from her son and tries to get out of earshot so that she can't hear him die Hmm. and then God comes in and God says I heard the boy's cries so even though you had to do this awful thing of um you had to do this awful thing of you know, leaving your son to where you couldn't hear him, I still heard him. And I still heard the child's cries, and I still heard, and came to their rescue, not because there was something inherently, like, positive or great about Hagar and Ishmael. They weren't rich. They had nothing. But God cared, and God saw them. Um, so we see we, we see many stories like that, that God is is for the needy. And um, you might start to hear some rain in the background because I'm pretty sure we're about to get hit with a tornado. But, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, at what point... So, we've... Man is created in the image of God. We've established that. God owns his creation. Therefore, it is wrong for us to take life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we, that's, not our, <laughs> that's not our responsibility to take, mm-hmm. to take life. That's that's God, so that's wrong. So then, obviously, the next point is at at what point does life begin? So where does life start to where like where's that line of where it is, it it's wrong, and where is it, like where does it begin at? And this is this is the big kind of point of contention between like pro life and pro choice. Is it'd be helpful to establish what the, what, like where people would say it would begin? Yes. At like the different points. Yes. Like we we believe life begins at 
conception. And we're about to give you some some biblical evidence for that. Whereas the opposition to this would say life begins at, at birth. Yeah. Which we're going to make some, some claims of why we think that just it's sounds... Wrong. Yeah, this just sounds crazy. Like that yeah. that's... What, at what point life begins. But you see in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nation. So before before I formed you... In, first we see God forming children in the womb of their mother. We see God as a part of that. Like He's forming us. He's designing us. He's making us into the people that we will be. Like, he's doing that. So that's, God is there. Um, and we see, before I formed you in, in the womb, I knew you. So there's a, a personal knowledge that God has with a, here, a preconceived Jeremiah. Um, so that seems to kind of say, like, that's early on, you are a life that God is forming and that God personally and intimately knows. So we also see in Psalm chapter 51, David says, you know, in sin, my mother conceived me. Like that's where, that's where his, his sinful nature began was at conception. That's where life began. That's where, um, it seems to be pretty clear that that's, that's where life begins biblically. Also, I think we can make the the, the point that just common sense, that's where life begins. Like if you, like I've I've got a I've got a two and a half year old, so it wasn't that long ago that we went through a pregnancy. Like when you go into that doctor's office, because you'll go on a bunch of doctor's appointments and checkups and all that. Like everything about that doctor's office is like this is this is a person that we are giving you advice on how to take good care of this person because it is a person because it is a life because it is something that's important you should take care of it and here's how you take the best care of it like all that whole (laughs) all of that is built around just inherently believing this is a person in here this is a child this is this is an actual human being in here we also see i mean it's like when and I know this this might bring up some some difficult memories memories for a lot of our our listeners, but when when a miscarriage takes place, I mean, and there is mourning happening. Is the mourning happening because the parents just didn't get what they wanted? Like, absolutely not. It's because a life is gone, mm-hmm. a life that you miss and that you loved and that you look forward to seeing in heaven one day like a a life is gone like that's that's because that is that's life even in our laws i mean if you were to if you were a drunk driver and you killed a woman or you if you were a drunk driver and you hit a woman that was pregnant and she lost that baby you can be charged with manslaughter Mm-hmm. Even if that woman was on the way to an abortion clinic, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. well, that was a that was an actual. The I don't know if the last part was part of it, but that was an actual case in California. Um, uh, I guess it was a few years ago now, where uh, I think the lady got raped, unfortunately, and 
and then killed or something. I can't. I wish I could remember the exact case, but basically, the guy that did it was charged with uh, with double homicide. Wow. And I, I can't remember. I can't remember exactly where that, like all the ins and outs about it. But I know that that was part of it. And if you've ever seen a sonogram, I mean, look at it. It's a baby. Let's use our head here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, yeah, and it it is not. We believe that it's not the that, and here's here's the real difference. We believe that human being in the womb has as many rights as the mother. Yeah, like we don't believe the mother's rights and the mother's desires trump the. I thought, you, I thought you were gonna make weren't gonna make this political. <laughs> <laughs> Trump wordplay. So let me clear this up. I, you do have rights. You do have rights over your own body. But what we believe is that if you are a woman and you're pregnant, that that child inside you that's not your body. That's its body, and you do not have rights over it yeah your convenience does not warrant the slaughter of another human being yeah so no matter the circumstance i just want to read some some quick just kind of jarring facts here um half of the pregnancies among american women are unintended and four in ten of these are terminated by abortion 21 percent of all pregnancies end in abortion in 2011, 1.6 million abortions were performed, down 13% from 1.21 million in 2008. From 1973 through 2011, nearly 53 million legal abortions occurred. Each year, 1.7% of women aged 15 to 44 have an abortion. Half have had at least one previous abortion. So, that... That's that's just staggering numbers. I think I think I heard somewhere that by far, like I think in the last few years, like over forty-one, maybe just last year, forty-one million infants were aborted in the world. And we got those statistics, by the way, from the gospel, the Gospel for Life by the Gospel uh, for Life series on the gospel and abortion. Um, Russell Moore's the editor. It's good good stuff that they they kind of have all different issues on they have like one book on racism and all kinds of cool stuff but um (laughs) that's not cool (laughs) yeah cool stuff to talk about and to get a a biblical foundation and biblical thought process for yeah (laughs) but so you think about that like that's that's the leading killer in the world is abortion and that we, that's, I mean, 41 million, like, that's more, I mean, that's over three times more than people that were killed in the Holocaust. I was going to say, it's modern, this is, this is a Holocaust. It's worse. Yeah, it's worse. It's worse because it's more people, and they're even more, um, and these- more of a victim and more defenseless than those that were okay i'm so we probably don't need to compare that because the holocaust was awful and i don't want to like lessen yeah the evil that took place well, there. I, I heard um i heard someone say that the, the 
the uh, the most dangerous place a baby can be right now is in the mother's womb. Yeah. And that's that's staggering to think about because that's awful. Um, yeah. Yeah, because the mother's womb should be a safe place. Yeah. And it is a sacred place, and um, it is sinful to violate it. <laughs> yeah. And, and here's a good time to mention, like, so we know there are a lot, a lot of you out there, a lot of listeners, that this is a part of your past. Whether you had an abortion, whether you um, push somebody to have an abortion, whether you... and and we want we don't want you to hear this and think that we are condemning you or saying that God loves you any less or saying that that because for you just like for me and for everyone that like there's hope in the gospel and there's grace yes and and that's something we can I mean abortion just like everything else is like God God's death Jesus's death on the cross was strong enough to cover that and so we want and we also want you to know like this is that's something i can't imagine you know just imagine the pain there like you're not alone and jesus is there with you like he doesn't just sit on high and say oh you're forgiven like he is down in the mess with us and is there for you and with you and so look look to Jesus if that's how you're feeling here and that because this is a I mean this is a weighty subject just because this has touched so many people like so many people have this in their past and it's I think the way it's been presented even at times by the church is a very condemning way um, but but we'll talk some more about that um, towards the end when we talk about like what is how do we how should we respond how sh- what what does this mean for us as the church so you have some some kind of common opposition to to what we're trying to say that abortion is is wrong and is something that we should fight against so and some different cases so I, I just wanted three of those in particular that you'll hear a lot that that we kind of want to talk through and give kind of an answer for um, should so the first one would be should a a child be punished for a mistake saying like a teenager makes a mistake is pregnant should that child then should that wrong decision alter the rest of that teenager's life because of the decision they made when they were 15 or 14 and and my argument is like that even that thinking is inherently sinful so like if you're if you're a parent and this happens to your child as a teenager like the last thing at that point you want to do is to teach your teenager that you don't have to take responsibility for the mistakes that you make like you you want your teenager to understand like yeah like it's a mistake God still loves you and God loves that child and you made a mistake that child is not a mistake and um so I just think that's just not a a healthy way of thinking in the in the first place of saying you know should 
we shouldn't have to be held responsible for our mistakes. Like, that's... It's just not reality. Yeah, yeah. You, you're going to have to own up to your sin. We all have to own up to our, our sins at some point. Yeah. None of us can escape it. It's either we either have to face it at the cross or we face it in judgment. Yeah. And uh, so inevitably you can't run from it. <laughs> yeah. So so the second one is, is what happens if, if the pregnancy is going to potentially affect the health of the mother. And and my argument with that would be like I think at all times medicine and physician care should be done with the goal of saving all lives that are involved. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think you can say like one life should be forfeited for one life that can't <laughs> make that decision should be forfeited for, for the other. I think everything should be done to save both. All, all lives, yes. Yeah. Like that's that's the purpose of of medicine. Um, we so. don't we don't claim to be physicians. Physician, I can't say the word. I'm not a doctors. Doctor. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> so we we don't. Claim oh, but to, I played one on TV. We we don't want to sound like we know everything about the ins and outs of the medical side of it. But we're coming from a. But we do have the right to speak on behalf of what the Bible says and this is what this is the stance the Bible takes yeah and I think you know a good example of that even though you know I might hate him as a football player that played at Florida but Tim Tebow you know his (laughs) you've heard it that his his mother was for health reasons to her she was encouraged to abort him and but her because of her faith she didn't and Mm. now yeah, and look at look at how Christ has worked through Tim. I mean, he didn't need obviously Christ can he doesn't need any of us, but uh, Tim has obviously been used for his own glory, and uh, that's the that's the aim of any of anyone that's you know been yeah. been made in the image of God. Honestly. Yeah, you also hear what about like the health of a. Y'all hear that thunder? It's yeah, getting it's, crazy. It's like a tornado warning outside. Yeah. So. Surprise the sirens haven't started. We're also uh, f- flooding pretty bad here. It's been raining like at least 40 days and 40 nights at this point. <laughs> no, not yet. Yeah. Genesis. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thir- uh, sorry. 30, so at least, 39. At least 39. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you also hear like the health of the child or I think I think I, I heard a stat today that, and this is this sounds horrible, but that like 67% of infants that have Down syndrome are aborted. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's like, I heard, I, I was listening to a sermon today and, and the pastor said, and it's such a great point, like, how often do we see, you know, you'll see a viral video or something of, a, a child with special needs being bullied at church and just people rally around the defense of that child. Where are all those voices and those people when you hear about a child with special needs being aborted just because they have needs? Yeah. I mean... <laughs> it's evil. Yeah. So you also hear, um, what about rape or incest? And and my statement to that would be, how can you punish the child for something that it had yeah. no 
yeah, and part it, of. I mean, we do want to, this is where we need to, we'll get to this, but the church needs to respond mm-hmm. with compassion to people that have been victims of of sexual abuse. I mean, that, that's a reality that we have to acknowledge, but at the same time, uh, even in this, even in, in such a difficult situation, it's, it doesn't warrant the, the, the homicide of, of the baby in the womb. Um, but at the same time, we do we want to respond carefully to mm-hmm. to those who who are who are victims because that's a real that's a reality. People do have, um, just people that face this way too often. Yeah, yeah. I actually have a um, there's a guy I know who he he's a uh, he's a worship leader and he his he shares his testimony all the time and actually has written a book about, you know, he was a product of a, of a rape. And Mm. I mean, now he like just how God has used his life and used his testimony. Like again, just how can you punish a child who (laughs) for the sins of, of the parent? But so, so what is this? Okay. So refresher here. All humankind is made in the image of God. God takes life seriously. God is about protecting life. Um, life begins at conception. Um, Jeremiah 1 5, Psalm 51. Therefore, we believe that abortion is the taking of a human life, which is wrong and should not just the taking of a human life, but the taking of a defenseless helpless human life and because of that that's something the church should be about protecting those that cannot protect themselves which is where we're at like what does this mean now for us and for the church and because this is this is a i think this is the probably the one big issue that's facing us today that the church has to be fighting against is is abortion um and if anyone should be on the front lines doing it it should be the church yes and so now does that mean that we need a certain president or a certain party to be in control no that doesn't mean that but that means that the church should be the church should be a place where women that are facing this these decisions should be encouraged and taken care of and loved on and man, I heard a, a great story told by uh, Matt Chandler about at his church that this this 14 year old girl was um, was abused by a stepfather and was pregnant from it and that this older woman in the church that had some some resources just took this girl in and said like i'm going to support you and this child and this like i'm going to be there with you for all the doctor's appointment for all like that's that's what the church looks like that's what the church should look like there are also uh some probably wherever you're at like there are local organizations that take on this cause like where we live in Northwest Alabama, there's an organization called Shoals Save a Life. That, and hopefully, sometime soon, I'd like to um, interview the guy that kind of heads that up to 
to talk about this issue. He's also a, a church planner, good guy. He's been to Ukraine with us. But um, so th- there are all kinds of ways that that you can be about this and that you should be about this. Also, I think, you know, we've talked about the, the hypocrisy of one view where, you know, you're say you're about equality and freedom, but you're not about the equality and the freedom of children. And, and we also see some inconsistencies in our own our own uh, point of view where we say we're about children in the womb, but it's like once we get out of the womb, then we're not about them. So we believe that when you say you're pro-life, as Christians, you should be pro-all life. Pro-unborn infants, pro-orphan, pro-widow, pro-life of a minority, pro-life um, of a refugee, pro-people, you know, people in Africa that are struggling with starvation, like pro-all life. Not just pro-American life, not just pro, but pro-all life. But, um, so, and that's something that we'll probably expound on this issue, because there's a lot more we want to say, but I'm pretty sure we're about to get hit by a tornado. It's getting pretty crazy, and uh, Will's got to make it home. It's literally, like, it's bad. Yeah, so, (laughs) so, um, Hopefully, again, y'all are listening to this not as like they found it on my computer in the rubble of my house because it got hit by a tornado, but you're just listening to it because I post yeah. it later. So I guess with everything being said, we, we care about life because life was made, human life is made in the image of God. Yep, and you can hear my little life that we created in the background just showed up. Which is so. very convenient. Yep. Hey. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll catch y'all next time. You think I'm ready? You got that right. I look forward to it. You say I'm crazy for Jesus. That boy's done went insane. But I wrote with Paul to live as Christ in the die's game. The man, the woman, who will set their one goal to commune with God and to be with Him, everything else will fall in place. Absolutely everything else will fall in place.